everyone, and welcome to A Nightmare on Fear Street. A monstrous podcast about all things horror. If you like what you hear today, then you can follow us on all of the usual socials or subscribe to our Patreon for bonus content and merch. You can find all of that by visiting us at allmylinks.com backslash A Nightmare on Fear Street or in our episode descriptions wherever you're listening to this podcast at. All right, everyone. Today we are here and we are talking about the new movie. And I'm talking like new, new movie. Talk to me. By the time this airs, it may not be as new, but it's super new to us right now. And I am super excited to talk about this. And we, oh, Sheree, you go. Oh, I was just going to say um, nothing. I, I was, that was my thinking face. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> but all yes, right, we- I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> so, for those of you that are surprised by that extra voice, we are we are here and we are joined by Anatasha and we are so excited to have you on the show and excited to talk about this movie. But before we get to this movie, let's get to know you a little bit. Number 1, what's going on? What you got going on in 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 your world? Plug any projects, all that kind of stuff. Oh my goodness. Okay. I'm Anatasha Blakely. Anatasha's also fine, just not Anastasia, because it's not my name, as we just discussed. <laughs> Trent got it right on the first try, though. So, like, she ain't mad. Um, <laughs> I am a filmmaker and an actor, and uh, I do comedy improv with my boyfriend slash husband. Same person, not two people. I was like, live your best life. Like, a lot has changed since we last spoke. <laughs> I just like to call him my boyfriend still because I think it's cute. Yeah. Like, he's, you know what I mean? He won't stop being my boyfriend. So, um, let's see. What have I got going on? Well, I my film, Inch Thick Knee Deep, is uh, on my website now. She's out in the world, finally. And you can find that at darklingfilms.com or... If you Google my Vimeo, Natasha Blakely's Vimeo, there she is. Nothing fancy, but I'm very proud of it. And that's like the main thing I want to plug. I have another short Death Parts Us that's going to be at the HP Lovecraft Film Festival in Portland um, that I'm really excited about going to this fall. But those are, yeah, that's my main guy right now. I can't wait to see that's that exciting. one because I really like the first one. Like, people forget I'm weird. I was homeschooled and I drink too much. So when I like people in the <laughs> wild, I'm just like, you'll be on my podcast. And people are like, what does that mean? What does that mean? And I'm like, yeah, so you, I'm imagining that you saw me at Film Quest and you're like, that's the wild to you. And like, like an animal, you are like sniffing me out and you're like, she's going to be on my podcast. It was the wild. It was Utah. There was like 2% beer that year. It was the wild. That, we were all struggling. Utah. Ooh, Utah. It, it's Utahing. Right. That's all I can say about it. And I'm just Utah like, is giving major Utah vibes. Big Utah energy. B U E. Big Utah energy. And I was like, what do you mean 2% beer? Isn't that water? And they were like, no. And I'm like, but it, it's 2% beer. <laughs> I'd have to drink like 30,000 of these to get a I can't even remember when, but they they recently upped it so that now you can get 5% beer at the grocery store. They were so proud, too, because I went back last year and I was talking shit, and they were like, it's 5% now. I'm like, ooh, is it Mary? That's- <laughs> <laughs> What is your horror origin story? Like, what is what got you into the genre? What 
is yeah what's that story look like i give full credit to my eldest brother aaron he's 11 years older than me so i was like walking in on him watching horror movies when i was way too young in my estimation to be watching them i remember seeing nightmare on elm street and then not being able to sleep for weeks and like going to my mom's room and being like, I live here now. And even then she'd like go to the bathroom and I'd be like, where'd you go? (laughs) (laughs) So that's, I think my main origin story. Also, you know, he had so many good movies that like when people left the house, I would sneak into his room and be like, I'm gonna watch Scream. Or I was like, I'm gonna watch, I can't remember like, like aliens i remember watching like taking like predator and being like i'm gonna watch these and then being like "Ah!" you know so (laughs) i just blame him he's a huge huge horror buff he's a producer on all of my shorts and hopefully when we make a feature that'll be with him because we just like to geek out together he'll probably listen to this so shout out aaron who owns every horror movie ever that's good to Love know because if Aaron's ever a guest, I'm gonna be like, "Well, your reference said you own everything." So <laughs> he, and, and you, know what? you should see his iTunes. Like, and then I'm always like, "Why are you getting the iTunes thing after the physical copy?" And he's like, "Just in case I don't want to get up and put the DVD." In <laughs> Uh, I feel uh, seen because I also do not want to walk to the other room of my one bedroom apartment <laughs> to get a DVD. I'm just like, is it streaming anywhere? Right? If anybody's password, yeah. let me see it. Ugh. What? I also feel seen because I am still a DVD Blu-ray purchaser. Like I love having a physical copy. I love it. I will still buy them. I don't he's buy a, them. He's maybe a bitch not- for steel books. You know, right. like he's mm-hmm. he's like I gotta re-get it. Yeah, I, I always want to buy the things, but I move too much, so it's not practical. However, I am also I am also a girl that if you're like, do you want this for a screener? I'm like, yes, yes. <laughs> like I have so many movies this year that people are like, we need review. I'm like, yes, and I'm like, I gotta move this shit now though. I gotta stop saying yes. I gotta be like, I'm gonna just stream it, and I would give you the review that way. I could you go like old school and get just like the little books and then you don't have to you know you carry like a couple big things instead of all the dvds i thought about it but like if i'm gonna have the case in my house i kind of want to keep it because like it and also it keeps them from getting scratched because i've seen those books go back back kids today don't know we used to have cds when we were their age and you put them in those and it would be skipping and so you'd be like i forgot what she was saying after that because i've never heard the rest of the lyric anymore what (laughs) right Yes, yes, love it. Um, so, my favorite question to ask new guests: What's your favorite scary movie? Scream. Yes. Actually, actually, that might be a lie. It's just you said that, and it is top five. I know this to be let true because I wrote your top yeah. five. <laughs> yes, let, me, let me be a little bit more authentic because it is top five. But I think my favorite of all time, if I had to say, is The Descent. It's the mm-hmm. one that I rewatch the most. I watch it annually, at least. And um, and I think it's the closest to like something I'd want to make, which means something to me that I'm like, man, I wish I had made that. I can see that for you. Because again, I, I saw the short at Film Quest and I was like, I had to be friends with this person. And then I found you at the bar and I'm like, you're going to be on my podcast. And everybody's like, what does that mean? And I was like, it means what it means. Like, <laughs> Well, when you said, you said earlier before we hopped on that you're like, I can't suggest movies to everyone because you like the dark shit. 
And I was like, yeah, babe, me too. Yeah. That's why we get along. We're just like, oh my God, this is such a great kill. I love this movie. LOL. <laughs> like, right. Yeah, not to get too far into talk to me, but the opening sequence, I started laughing out loud, but which is a compliment for me. Like that means that I was that I was like shocked and enjoying myself. And my boyfriend slash husband was like, what is, are you high? Why are you laughing at that? It's like, cause the people in the theater were like, we're with a psychopath. <laughs> and they're welcome. <laughs> right. All right. So before we get too far ahead, uh, plug any social media. Do you have any social media you want to plug for yes. our listeners? Let's see. Instagram at Anatasha Blakely. A-N-A. Are you writing it down? A-N-A-T-A-S-H-A-B-L-A-K-E-L-Y. Um, and at Darkling Films, but again, yeah, go watch, go watch my little short, you guys. I think it's a good Halloween movie. It's a good thing to have on your little October list because it's, you know, it can, uh, it can open for the descent. So that could be your little double feature. I I have it on the list for altar tapes. I'm just like, when this pops up on altar, I'm covering it. <laughs> people are like, we don't know what it is. Like, but you will someday, and I'm gonna cover it. Like, you can't have it. If you see it, you better not. Like, <laughs> I'm just lousy of power over there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> love it. All right, Sheree, do you want to plug the theme for this month? <laughs> um, I realized I put it at the wrong spot in the in the thing. That's my fault. But yeah, yeah. No, this is our first episode of September. So this kicks off our month of 23 and Me, where we're looking at some of the 2023 movies that came out this year. Um, <laughs> some of them are great. Some of them are movies. And some of them we're going to talk about anyways. And this is one that I I think that we all probably enjoy. That's without me getting too far into reading this room, Zoom. Um, I think we all enjoy this one. So yay, team, yes. for opening it with a banger. Yes, I love this movie. But I want to say, too, Sheree and I, was plan- we were planning the movies this season. We were like... We've done all the movies we love. (laughs) Let's figure it out. (laughs) Because I would love something and Sheree wouldn't love it or she would love something that I wouldn't love. And so we were like, okay, we're just going to have to compromise somewhere or do some weird shit that that one's heard of. (laughs) I'm going to tell some of y'all right now. The rest of the movies following this. Um, but we covered a lot of movies from this year because, like, we did all the favorites because we're like, we got to do the new Scream. We got to do Megan. We got to do this. We got to do that. And now we're like, what is left at this Dollar General? And so I was really happy. A24 was like, bitch, we got you. And I was like, yay. And our movie yeah. we changed out for next week also just hit VOD like last week, less than four days ago. And so we lucked out because it's good. And I was like, do that, do that, put that in there. And so, yeah, it's shenanigans. But enough about that. I literally just changed it in the outline. So that's how new it good, is. Because I would have got down there and read the wrong movie and I'd have been like, nope. Oh. Nope. <laughs> you know yes. when right. starts, you have to have it on the paper. I'm going to just say the wrong things. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, let's get into Talk to Me. Like, lots of things to talk about. Loved this movie. So excited to talk about it. And Natasha, what's one of your first thoughts? Look, just you talking about the movies on your list coming up and being like, this one was a good one. I'm so happy it was a good one because I personally, this is just like where I'm at in life. I am not in the business of like going out and like talking shit on someone's art because I'm like, man, making stuff is hard. And like, I just, it it's just hurts my heart too much where I'm at right now. And I was like, thank God I like enjoyed my movie going experience so much. And I, it just so happened 
that I'm in Cedar City, Utah right now doing a theater gig at the Utah Shakespeare Festival. So what movies come through is sometimes we don't yes, sometimes you don't get everything. So the fact that it happened to come through this week, I was like, we're doing it in the small theater. And then I had an amazing theater going experience. I think this movie is the screenplay is so strong, the directing is so strong, and it feels like it was like about something that I could get behind. Like I was like, man, grief is so hard to talk about and you feel so isolated and it's the time in your life when you need the most to reach out and i was just like from beginning to end yes i felt like thematically it was like on point the whole time absolutely like i i did not know this movie existed until i hit play on it at virtual sundance and i don't like to know stuff about movies before i watch them because i feel like that makes me a better audience member because i sometimes ruin things by being like <laughs> oh well so and so is in there you know he's expensive he's killed them um and so i'm like don't tell me anything and so i i never knew where it was going but for the right reasons because it was like you're on a ride just shh. and i'm like what do you mean i have to just like go on this ride and trust you filmmakers she ah. really turned your brain off they made me because i kept forgetting to breathe and i was like okay now that i'm breathing again <laughs> i think she's possessed now that i'm breathing again i don't think she's possessed <laughs> I like, I, so i love it oh go ahead i love it i was just, yeah I went in also, I mean, I knew a little bit. I knew it was a possession-ish something, and I saw the picture of the hand. That's it. So I was fairly blind going into this. But as soon as it popped up that this was an Australian film, I was like, I'm pro- probably going to like it. I have not seen many Australian films that did not that did not go my way. <laughs> We've done really well on this um, podcast with Australian horror. The only one that didn't go my way was the one we did on Horror Queers. That was that's like different. That's killing the 70s kangaroos. And nobody asked for that. Wait, so what are some of the good ones so that I know? The Loved Ones? That is that the name of it? Yes, The Loved Ones. Is that, is that a zombie film? No, no. but like she... No. Mm-hmm. Something else. I don't want to talk about it about ruining it for you. Okay, um, I should just watch it. Definitely watch it. She's always somewhere for free because Tubi and Pluto are always playing with her. We also did... We didn't do it here. We did it for somebody else, but it was Eden Lake, was it? Which is mm-hmm. harsh. <laughs> that bitch is harsh. I was like, all of Australian fil- horror films are hard. Like they are like, damn, fuck shit, fuck, <laughs> <laughs> fuck shit. I think I said that during talk to me a couple times. The violence <laughs> is incredibly effective, and I was like, don't close your eyes. Ah, oh, ah, oh, fuck shit. Don't look at. Don't. I, I was like, because I like to walk. I don't like to. I want to. I don't want to miss the frame. But sometimes in this movie, I was like, ah, my body was like, please don't look. Mm-hmm, and I was like, mm-hmm. more please. Um, <laughs> and that's why I'm fun at parties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I want to mention this because I think this is something this film does masterfully. The pacing of this movie is so well done. Like that's, Sheree and I... Uh, famously on this podcast are always sticklers for pacing. Like if you're going to give me something over 90, 90 minutes, you need to earn every five to 10 minutes that you're keeping me there. This movie gets me in, gets me out, tells me a story, makes me feel ways, makes me stressed out of my mind and does it in a tight 90, isn't it? Tight yeah. 90. Close. Yeah. Which is another yes. reason why I'm like, is this my new perfect yeah. movie? Is this my new identity? I was, I was furious that the trailers were 20 minutes because I was like, you're like 
like the movie is not this long. Like, chill the fuck out. <laughs> there were some good trailers when I went, though. So I'm not too mad about that. But you're right. The trailers I were have, like. Tra- are you trailer. saying that you like to go in blind? I like to go in blind. So even though trailers are fun, if I really want to see something, I'm like, I don't want to know this much about the movie. I refuse to watch trailers because they give things away now. And so it's awkward because I. When you go to the Alamo Draft House, they have the pre-show stuff, and you want to see that. But after the pre-show stuff, they do the trailers, and so you're like, "Oh no!" Oh, and your friends who don't believe favorite. you about how extra you are when it comes to trailers, like, "What just happened?" And I'm like, "I can't see this. This is the new Jordan Peele. Talk to me. Talk to me." And they're like, "Oh, this is so awkward." No. So you watch the pre-show at Alamo Draft House, and then you get up to use the restroom, yes. and you come back 15 minutes later, and you're good. I've kind of timed it out for this exact reason. You have to stand outside, like one of the people waiting to go in on Maury. You're like, are they gonna call me yet? Are they gonna call me? Okay, we're going. Like, go like, back to the bar. Get a drink. Right? One of the waiters, like, what the fuck are you doing? That's right. It's like, and she might not be the father. I'm here. Look. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So, I, I'm a big character person. Like, I love when I can connect to characters and. I, as a queer person, I genuinely, generally connect to queer characters, clearly. But, like, there weren't any written into this show. But I, in my head and in my heart, I think Riley is queer. Because I was connecting to him from jump. I was like, I was this kid. I feel for this kid. He just wants connection to something. And his friend is weird as fuck. His sister's a, kind of being a bitch to oh, him. His friend is, doesn't have like the sensitive, sweet little soul that he hit, has. And you're just like, Ugh, I need someone else for him. <laughs> yes. And so when he was getting beaten, and, and him and Mia were so sweet together. I loved it. And then when he was getting beat the hell out, I was like, no, don't do it to him. No. That's one of my notes. When he gets beat the fuck up by the demon both times, but the first time specifically, those are the tensest parts of the movie because it's a fun movie, but those are like, oh no, this is a real horror movie. Oh, fuck. But also I knew I was in the right place because 100% fuck them kids energy. And I'm always saying if kids are in your horror movies, then they should be up for grabs from the monster Jason Voorhees who have you. You can't be like, well, they're children. So they're just going to be here and you'll know that you're going to be alive. That's boring. And I did not know Riley was going to make it after that first beating or the second beating. And I was like, I don't, I don't know. It ain't looking good for him. Look. <laughs> Mm-mm. I'm so happy that he made it, but also it was like a relief. Like I was very, very like the so times nervous. when I was holding my breath were always for him. Like I was like, oh, when she was the, pushing him out. Spoilers? We do spoilers. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. When she brings the scissors to the hospital. I was like, ah! like I was when losing. She was my pushing mind. him to the street. I was like, God damn it, Aunt Zelda, where are you? Let's talk about let's talk about the Miranda Ott in the room. I didn't know she was gonna be here because I don't know anything about the movie. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. That's Aunt Zelda. Yeah, from the new from the from the new one. Oh, she was so good. Talk yes. about a well written character because I was like, this person is like being very excellent while also being human and like fucking up at times. She's a real mom, which we don't usually get. We either get the moms who are like Nancy's mom and she's like, I'm in my vodka and I'm gonna gaslight you while I'm drunk. 
Or we get the absent <laughs> ones. Or we get the ones who are like, I'm setting you up for the monster because I care. <laughs> um, and she's right. like, I know you're all lying to me. I don't care that you're lying to me, but I do need to know the details. Um, so in right. case I have to like say something, I know who all going to be in my house. Um, and she's like, yes. no nonsense. Like at no point did I feel like she was being unfair to Mia because Mia was like, yeah, put him in the chair. Yeah. Oh no, he's bloody. Whoopsie doodle. And she was like, that's she nice. Was scared. <laughs> Well, and I yeah. and I liked how frank she was about sex, and how frank she was about just adult things that in America, for sure, people are like, "Oh, don't talk to kids about that." It's all bullshit. And I will say too, because and I say this as someone who, if I had children, I would probably be a Nancy's mom. So I, that's why I don't have kids. Um, <laughs> the vodka under the cheers. comforter, just like cheers to that. Cheers to There's that. No okay, your dreams, Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> So, I, I, and Shred, I mentioned this before another recording, that I think that this may be the only time on this podcast that I will say this is effective parenting in a horror film. Because she doesn't, she's like very frank. When the shit goes down, she is pissed at her daughter, obviously, but more pissed at Mia, because I'm assuming the daughter kind of tells her, hey, I will left the room and Mia was in there. And Mia is essentially part of this family. Let's be real. She even says that later on. And yeah, most, the only oh, thing she does so wrong is leave her in the room. It was so heartbreaking when she pushed her away. Like, mm -hmm. and, and I get why, because she's a scared mom. And I, but I was so glad that she came around to being like, Hey, I was, I overreacted because she's like, there wasn't, you you know, you're teenagers. You don't. But and that's the time know. she should have been like, girl, stay away from my son. Yes. Yeah. Because the time she's like, I'm going to get over it because he's he's healing. And Mia's like, I got scissors. Leave us alone. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no, Mia, come <laughs> on. It's like, she's like, you know, she's in it. She's just in it. She's so, like, the illusion's so strong. One of the things that came up, because I talked about this movie with Evil Tyrone um, Friday in a live, and one of the things Jalisa brought up is that we don't, we're not 100% sure when Mia became possessed, because we thought we were, but also there were signs she might have been possessed before she the brother getting that cheer. Um, I think, yeah. I think oh, she's yeah, possessed from the minute, from the, from the first time she takes the, the hand, because there's that scene where he, he's sleeping with her. Mm -hmm. And I think she gets up and like touches his face and then something else touches yeah. his face. Yeah. I think it's the first one because he, the the one guy's like, we went a little bit over. Are you okay? It's like mm -hmm. from then on, she's like experiencing something. And like half the time you're like, are you actually in this room right now? You know? And that's why I need to see it again. Because I, again, the first time I watched it, I was just along for the ride because I couldn't, I can't figure where this was going to go. Um, and I am a ruiner. And so the fact that I was like, I did not see us getting here, kudos, um, is the biggest compliment I can give any movie. <laughs> um, and so I, I want to go back to be like, were we watching a slow possession story? Like it was like pushing her boundaries the whole movie to get her where it wanted her at the end, as opposed to it doing what I thought it was doing in front of my face. And I, I just love this movie. I love that it's a smart, fun, well-paced movie. It feels like a roller coaster, so I describe it. It's like they put you in it, they put the bar down, and you're like, ah, no! And you're upside down, and you're screaming, and you're like, I made a mistake, I'm gonna piss myself! And they're like, okay, get out now. And I'm like, oh! I wasn't I wasn't done. We could've done a little bit more. And they're like, no, get the fuck out. And I'm like, okay, that's fair. Yeah. I, 
I also, and I think Anastasia, you mentioned this earlier. I Natasha, you were so close. You really I'm drunk. This is my <laughs> second drink, Anastasia. Just blame it on the alcohol. But I like, oh, wait, hold on, hold on. Like by drink three, that's when I become banded, and we just stop using <laughs> Anastasia. <laughs> and drink four, you're just Annie. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's ever called me Annie in my entire life. Really? But you're welcome to. I'll give this to you. I, <laughs> I like Annie for people who are not Annies. <laughs> to say that to somebody who's not an Annie herself. <laughs> <laughs> but sorry, Anatasha, I think you mentioned this earlier. I love the use of grief. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought the use of Mia's grief in this and and the use of uh fuck, I forgot her name. Uh, Aunt Zelda. <laughs> call her. Uh, <laughs> the mom's grief when the son, and, and the use of this, all the grief. Speaking as someone who I literally watched this film like a week after the year uh, anniversary of my grandmother's passing, I was like, "This feels real," and like this—that's a mother-daughter relationship. Like that is even closer to what you know than what I was losing, um, even though my grandmother and I were very, very close. So. Uh, it, it just felt very real, very honest, and I thought that it added a layer to this film that made it even better. Like it, it added something to the because sometimes grief is used and it's grief porn. I feel like, and this felt her grief was being used against her. Like, absolutely. One of the things I love about this movie is that, like, we know that the mom has been gone for two years. We know that it impacts her a little bit, but it's not like, let's just steep ourselves in it and talk about it for, like, two hours and then do a couple scares at the end. Um, we also are never told to be like, you got to feel bad for her while she's fucking up. It's like, no, she's fucking up because she's a messy teen. Teens are messy. Is she a little bit selfish at times? Yeah. Is she a bad friend at times? Yeah. But, like, it's not because... Her mom died. We gotta give her some slack. It's because she's a teen at the end of the day, and teens are gonna teen. And yeah. it's why I love Mia. People hate her because people hate Joy. No man, no way. She's a black no, woman. no, she's great. And also, like, I think that having it be sometimes when it's teens, you're like, well, you know, like teens are dumb, so you could. There's kind of an excuse there in horror movies, but the idea that this film is about communication. It's almost like having teenagers is great because they're still learning how to communicate big feelings, big uh, life changes like grief and seeing in the film all the different kinds of communication like when she can't hear her dad in the faucet, he's talking during the faucet or like the amount of people who are texting or like not making eye contact at the party or just like the actual physical act of reaching out and like touching a friend and then having that all anchored in like that you it, in order to talk to the ghosts you say talk to me you touch the hand you say i let you in and it's like that's all she needs to do but she needs to do it to like the people in her life you know and and so all of that i'm like no i thought she was a really great written character and great performer yeah. too yes because yes. i i believe this is the first time i've ever seen sophie wilde and i could be a bold-faced liar because i watch a lot of stuff and i'm just like so it's a mystery million um but like as far as i know this is my first time seeing her and i want to see so much more of her in the genre specifically because that's where i live um but like in general i i think she deserves oh, she does like a hallmark movie you're not you're not into that i'll probably skip that <laughs> i'll watch that one let y'all know how it is give me the cliff notes uh, just like two sentence <laughs> yeah. summary Trent. she was great yeah the lumberjack was lumberjacking yeah he was sexy and she was great so there we are 
Um, <laughs> yes, I. I also I think Mia is is phenomenal too. I think something else that maybe some people are missing is the fact that she doesn't know what happened to her mother. Like she is still, she, you can't heal until you know all the facts and her father has not told her all the facts. So that's also why she's so susceptible to this demon. When the demon's like, no, I would never kill myself. I would never do this to you. And she and did. Also you and don't I, like, want to believe that it's true. You're like, I, right. of course I'm, it's like confirmation bias. I already didn't want to believe that was true. Yeah. So I'll believe you when you tell me. That's making the thing about this demon because we've all seen enough possession movies. Again, I'm assuming we've all seen enough possession movies because <laughs> I see this crew. Um, to know demons are always lying and they're always telling you what you want to hear and things you already know but you don't want to address. And that's why they're well, all like, you know, he's cheating. You know, that's not your real mom. You know, your mom's giving mm -hmm. you placebos or gazebos in it chapter two. And so, <laughs> and so Mia's like, that. you right. That's not how my mother died. And we don't know if the demon was lying or if the demon wasn't lying well, and she doesn't, but she knows what she wants to believe. Yes. And the other thing I want to mention too, is that at that time when the demon is telling her this, cause we're all, this story is very wrapped up in Mia's experience, mm -hmm. right? I don't know about y'all. Cause I know Sheree's a ruiner. I, I'm not. I just kind of go with the flow. But, like, I wasn't officially on board that this wasn't her mother. Like, I I was still, like, the first time. Yeah. The second time she says, no, that wasn't me. I was, or I didn't write that letter. I was like, girl, obviously your mama killed herself. Like, that's the whole thing. Like, what else would it have been? <laughs> My theory is the demon hand situation gives you a thing, says you respond to it. And that's one that's reading you, like a parlor trick or a person, a magician in Vegas. You know, it's collecting the intel to be like, this is how she responded to that. So not with this face again. She's grieving. It's a mom. Ooh, oh, my ah. God. So do you think that when you go to the hand, because they're like, it's different every time. Do you think that it's actually not diff a different spirit every time? It's like a, a specific one. entity that just like plays you yes. i think that i think and it's collecting it. faces and so oh, that's yeah. why at the end of the movie it's like these people might respond well to somebody who's like mia so let's send mia out first because it's like yes because we own her we own her like soul now we own her yeah we own her essence now oh the ending oh so man it like just i was like i can't believe the movie's over right now <laughs> Like, we need more. We need great. more. Which yeah. is well, good. we're going to get more. Listen, we're getting more. It's already been greenlit. Wild. Which Wild. also something I found out about this film that I think is incredible is that I'm pretty sure. I had a friend tell me this. I haven't fact checked it fully, but I have a little bit. I think this is this filmmaking duo's first feature. Yeah. Excellent. Like it but turns out it was a short. They turned it to a feature and it blew up. I've always said, like, some of my favorite directors are on shorts. <clears throat> Miss Blakely. Um, some of my favorite directors are on shorts, and I'm waiting for them to get their features so I can be like, front row, hi, it's me. I said yay. Um, I will be on the Thanks, bro. <laughs> right? Because that's part of the reason I like the altered um, situation over there on YouTube. It's because it's a lot of people who I would like to see making the movies, and they're doing the fun things. If they do it in 10 yeah. minutes with duct tape. And so they can do it in 10 minutes yeah. with duct tape. What's going to happen when there's an actual budget? Well, Look. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, for sure. And something else that we talk a, a lot about on the podcast is that Sheree, Sheree and I are both theater folks. You probably do that about her, but I am as well. Like we, I love art. I love 
artists. I love supporting art. I love supporting artists. Even if <laughs> the joke is I'm the Paula Abdul of the podcast. Like I will find something I like. Whatever we see, I will be like, I thought that top was really cute. <laughs> Did you see the kitchen table they chose? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm because... like, can you phone a friend? I'm going to be sick that night. You're covering that movie. What? <laughs> but because also, like, like you said earlier, it's hard to make art. Like, especially like art that isn't franchise, that isn't big money, you know, like the uh, uh, even though I love it I'm not talking shit y'all know me even though it's not scream 7 it's not um blah 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 uh yeah. insidious 28 like whatever it's this is an original idea written that began did the whole process right it started as a short got greenlit to a feature it blew up so now it could get sequels i hope that they don't lose that creative nature of being art because sometimes studios fuck shit up. Oh yeah. I think, I think my favorite thing uh, about this film and it's my favorite thing that, that I think is in line with what you're saying is like when I can see very clearly that the makers of the film had a strong voice and were allowed to express themselves unencumbered or mostly unencumbered by other people telling them what they need to do or how it has to be. It yeah. feels like there's a singular voice and it's very, and, and it's, it's not, cause it's still filmmaking, still a collaboration, but it, yeah. it feels like somebody was driving this ship in the direction they wanted. And it's, uh, I really enjoyed that about the film. It's, it's fun. I don't feel like I'm watching a media conglomerate. Tell me what I want to watch. I'm watching what these filmmakers wanted to say. And I, even when I don't like it, I still enjoy it. I can still respect it to say like, it wasn't for me, but I enjoy that some people like it. Totally. I, that is one of the hardest things to learn as a baby critic or podcaster. Cause I, especially because like a lot of the times, like the whole reason we have, well, the whole reason I have like 19 podcasts is because like, I love horror, but horror don't fucking love me. And so like, I have a relationship with all of this shit. And so I'm like, I love it. But also that black girl died when the opening credits was still on. She didn't have a name. And they're like, how dare you say that? And I'm like, cause it happened. If you don't want me to say it, don't do it. Like, And so I, one of the reasons I do love this movie is because it's it's fun in a way that a lot of movies seem to be afraid of and again we know that like there's a lot of interference and so a lot of people are trying to get their shit made and I respect that game somebody's not made anything but also <laughs> it's fun and we we have a black lead and it's not like let me give you the black trauma hour monologue which I'm tired of seeing no. I'm tired of seeing it I'm tired of people being like I have a black lead so I can also tell you about slavery I'm like I don't want to hear your interpretation of slavery <laughs> right <laughs> and I will say like, even though her blackness definitely I, it infused a lot of the character, of course, obviously, but there was no, like, no one called her the N-word. No one didn't want to date her because she was black. No one, like, da 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 Everything that she did, she chose to do, which is why I right. love this, because that never happens. It's normally like... Well, let me give you this monologue about how I'm from a single parent home and there's crime on every corner where I'm from. It was never that. It was like, I'm not done with my ex-boyfriend and my friend has it. I might get a little messy tonight. Let's see what happens. And I'm like, yes, I might put Mia. Put in my mouth. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I will say this. I think that, oh God, oh, don't, dang it. What's her name? The actress playing Mia. Um, Sophie Wilde. 
Sophie Wilde needs some awards simply for putting that man's foot in her mouth. Period. Period. <laughs> period. End of question. Give her all the awards. An Oscar, an Emmy, a Grammy, a Tony. Like, all of them. She's an EGOT. You're telling me that I can get an Oscar from putting somebody's foot in my mouth? <laughs> if I control the Oscars, yes. I... I again that's one of those times where it's like I hope it was prosthetic and I'm not meant to be an actor is what I'm finding out because like I'm just like I don't like, like it, it, it's washed to me I'm like look just be clean and yeah. I and we're like if it's if you're all clean then like cool I told you Sheree know? I was like I wanted I want to make sure she was able to like watch him wash his foot like okay get between all the toes because it's not just like a toe it's not just it's, it's, the, whole the, mouth. it's the whole ball of the foot <laughs> Like <laughs> I'm not here to yuck anybody else's yum. Everybody can be in with what you're into as long as people are consenting. But I know where my feet have been, and I would not put my own feet in my mouth. And so that's why I'm just like, ah, that's the horror of the movie. <laughs> well, there's there's multiple moments like that where you're like, yuck, 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 yuck. It's so shocking. It's so shocking. Oh, when Riley's trying to pull his eyeball out. Oh, ah! that was like when I like, screamed the most and like was swearing. I was like, oh, no, no, I was like, no. oh god, I can't watch it. No. The eyeball in the foot is what really did it for me. Um, that's when I was like, we're not playing in the normal sandbox. This is some demonic shit. Right. Um, oh, and the makeup when they're like, because here's the thing I think, and then I'll tell you what you think. I think everyone that uses this hand is possessed, at least for a minute and maybe the to varying degrees of possession i think mia is dealing with her grief and everything that's what makes her more susceptible to a higher level of of possession than the other people in the room but when their eyes change and it's like a gradual like the black keeps getting i was like that is i love when choices made both on stage and on film are specific and uh, small. Like when those yes, little the, details, the design, the, details. Is, the design is really good. Yes, yes. Like the 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 subtlety of like the makeup being like it, it, they just a little gaunt, but not overdoing it. I was like, this is it. In yes, all of that it makes me wonder if it. I mean, I guess it does support the idea that this hand is kind of like a new drug for the kids. And so every time they like hit it, they're like, ooh, that's another hit. And that's how the demon gets them eventually. So it's like a slow, gradual possession. Every time it's like a little bit more of you, a little bit more of you, and now I live in you. And I think that is a cool thing to watch happen with the makeup and the way they are behaving and the way they need the oh, hand Because by the end of this movie, I don't know the last sequences and me is like cleaned up, but like the last part is Mia looks rough. Addiction. It looks and rough. Right. Addiction yeah, and demons. So bad. <laughs> it's, a, it's a bad combo. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, that's it, another thing that I thought was interesting was just like the idea, again, of communication, but that like we use drugs at parties to like communicate. Like, and, and, mm -hmm. and we think that it makes us a like a better communicator, but it it really doesn't no. it really doesn't you know yeah. and so that the idea that this was like kind of addicting and like it it like it's seemed high. yeah it, it was a high and it seemed to open them up to each other like they were having fun and stuff but it's deceptive right and i loved that everything everything in this movie is intentional that's what i was looking for earlier everything is intentional like i 
Y'all know I'm a, sta- a, a Scream Stan account. Like, I love the entire franchise. I love in this film, it's, it's Scream-esque where you see, like, the end result of a previous situation mm-hmm. that you don't, but you don't really understand why or what or what the fuck is going on until later on in the movie. Then it's like, oh, it makes so much more sense. Everything is intentional. Like, the fact that the first time Mia is possessed or whatever, she's literally singling out Riley. She's telling Riley he needs to run. Like, Mm -hmm. it is behind you. You need to run. Run, run, run. Like, and then that's the one, that's the first person that the spirit or the demon tries to attack and to take over. But when it realizes that it's not going to be able to get Riley, it comes back to to Mia because she's dealing with this trauma and she's susceptible Mm -hmm. to these messages that it's giving her with her mom. Oh my gosh, I need to see this movie again. Right? Right? <laughs> I'm probably going to go tomorrow, which is after I needed it for both of these things. But you know what? I don't care. Um, <laughs> I... I going to record an addendum. I want to say this. And another thing. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, also, we need to touch on the fact that the demon wanted Riley from the beginning. The demon was like, ooh, I see new meat. And I think that's what, I, that's kind of a, a key to why I picked up on his queerness. Cause I think he's de- like the, the demon is dealing with is, is targeting people that are dealing with shit. And if Riley is dealing with his own queer identity, that's why it's going to attach it or try to attach itself to Riley. If Mia is dealing with her own uh, grief from her mother, that's why it's going to attach itself to Mia. I think that's why I, I read Riley as being queer. I think it was part of the long con. I I don't think that demon specifically wanted Riley. I just think that because it's reading people, again, like a parlor trick, um, it's just like, I'm going to put this in your brains. When I come for you, you're ready for me. You're going to want to know what I know. So you're going to touch this hand eventually. Also, this bitch is sad. I'm going to come back to her as her mom. And like the demon's making the plans. Like that's what happens when you touch the hand. The demon's like, I'm going to read all your friends. And that way when I come back next time, I'm going to have more fun. And I think that's why I'm not mad at a sequel. What do you okay? What do you guys think about the kangaroo kangaroo roadkill and like seeing the kangaroo later and like the fact that she's like going to put Riley out of their misery in theory or whatever? Like, what do you feel like that like meant to you? Bookend, I think. What? I think it's a bookend. Yes, but also I think kangaroo specific and not just because it's Australia, but because what we know about kangaroos, especially as an American understanding, is that kangaroos have pouches for their babies and she's missing her mommy. Oh, that's a really good one. I like that. Listen, I've been thinking about that a lot because I'm like, why the kangaroo? Because it's, are you just like America ain't going to do any research? They know kangaroos and crocodiles and this is easy. Uh, Or is it because (laughs) symbolism? And I was like, I'm going to choose symbolism. I believe it. And she, and she can't, even when she sees it's in pain, she won't do anything about it. And then it's like later you think like, well, maybe she's going to put Riley out of his misery or she thinks that, you know, but then she still can't do it. She sacrifices her own body instead. It's like a moment of clarity of being like, nope, I'll just go get out of here. Get the fuck out of here. Cause I can't be trusted with my best friend. And the you demon know? knows that about her. And so that's a dangerous weapon. Mm-hmm. Cause the demon wants anybody. The demon isn't targeting any like, just any soul. Any, Whoever will give in, right? Anybody's a goal. Right. Like the demon would like to collect a few of them. Any hole is a coal. Any hole is a goal. <laughs> Drag race references. <laughs> hey. 
<laughs> no, that demon's like, you brought friends? Yay. <laughs> because again, we've seen enough demonic entities in movies to be like, they like the shenanigans. Um, mm-hmm. When I want shenanigans, I find a demon possession movie because they're not just like, let's have tea. They're like, I'm going to wreck your marriage and I'm going to wreck your family and I'm going to wreck your job. And then I'm going to return your life to you and see what you do for a day. And I'm going to wreck you. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to watch three of these movies. What? <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, something else I want to comment on, because I think that this film, part of its message, too, is how the culture around anything, but parties specifically, it can be so toxic. Like the fact that in the opening, the dude is like, clearly having a psychotic break and everyone at this party has their phones out recording it and they're like that person needs a hug what's wrong with you and the fact like did y'all notice too there's this huge like raging party and this mom is in the kitchen like making some You know how I feel about kitchens and movies that become A24 movies? Because Hereditary, those teens were chopping walnuts for a cake. And I'm like, what kind of teen fuckery? I I was homeschooled, yes. But if I were a teenager out in the wild, making a cake during a party? (laughs) No. Babe, you're buying that already baked. Listen, I'm on the cake trying to do a cake stand and failing. I'm the first one to the hospital. I'm not chopping walnuts. Let me get this flan out really quick, you guys. What in the real housewives of Ari Aster? But it's so like, real. Like, how much of our lives are we recording because we think it'll give us a, a, a we're going to go viral or we're going to have a moment or like, and how much of that is sacrificing other people's trauma and other people's situations? Like, you guys, I just, when I saw this movie, the chick next to me was on her phone, like almost the whole movie. And I wanted to lean over to her and be like, are you paying attention? <laughs> like, I was like, do you see what this movie's about? Like, you're doing it right now. That's why I love the Alamo Draft House on a cheap Tuesday. Oh, they're lovely. I the Alamo Draft House is also very, like, makes a point of being like, don't you get on it. And because there's, like, staff coming in and out, people are much better there. They are. And when they try it, I'm just like, two seats over on the phone. Also, another whiskey <laughs> ginger. Thank you. <laughs> What's your, okay, really quick. This is a side note, but what's your favorite like thing to order at the Alamo Draft House? I'm just gonna plug it because it's my favorite movie theater. In the before times, it was the peanut butter banana cookies, which I've not seen again since they've reopened, and I'm still chasing that high. Um, but I'm not mad at the loaded fries. No cilantro because they put too much on it. So I'm just like, don't give me any. But if you have sriracha, please. Mm. I like that. I like to order the Royale with cheese because yes. I like to order the Royale with cheese. Yes. <laughs> I've ordered a couple times in the name of Samuel L. Jackson. Like, yeah. you know what? Also, there, I can't remember what it's called, but there's like an ice cream that they put whiskey in. Yes. It's like a shake thing. The peanut butter crazy. banana situation. Yes. Oh, I've had a few of those. I'm not supposed to have dairy that often, but I make an allowance for the Alamo Draft House and I go right home. What? I feel so deprived because there's no Alamo Draft Houses. You have to move, girl. What? Where are you, Trent? I'm in Central Arkansas. Okay, what movie theater do you go to? Uh, Cinemark. Cinemark. Okay. And I'm in a dry county, so. Do they? Does the Cinemark still have like the cat? Is it still like the little cat? Like their mascot? Mm -mm. No. It's just the C or whatever. Yeah. There's a lot of layoffs in 2020, I guess. (laughs) 
Yeah, that's all. That's all I have. I'm, I'm on the Cinemark, the Cinemark Movie Club, so I get free tickets every month. Oh, nice. But like, that's where I'm at. You can stick in your own alcohol with the right bag. Um, I know I've told oh, you my absolutely. ways. Absolutely, absolutely. I always my, when my coworkers and I go to the movies, we go to a Mexican restaurant, and I get a large margarita, which is like a bathtub of margarita. And they're always like, "You mean a large?" I said, "Yes." I did. I stuck. Am I not being clear? I know what I'm about. <laughs> I need a large. The cat's name is Front Row Joe, which is a phrase that I use a lot. Like because because when I especially theater, I like to be a Front Row Joe for plays. So look him up, Google him, Front Row Joe, Cinemark cat. He was a cool cat. When I was went to the Dollar Theater, there you go. I was like, yes, this is I need Alamo Draft House to open in Central Arkansas. You you gotta go to a city with. There's one in Chicago now. If you go back to Chicago. Um, it's definitely in the Cubs area, which is Wrigleyville. I I lived there for four years. I'm like, I don't understand neighborhoods anymore. Oh, when I went to a Cubs game, they gave us, I was just in town for the week, and they gave us a bunch of free Alamo Draft House shirts and tickets. So we were like, oh, we'll go see a movie while we're here. <laughs> it's amazing. I Once they opened, my friends were like, so you're going to visit us again now, aren't you? I'm like, yeah, I will. Um, because I wasn't going back, but I'm like, you say there's an Alamo Draft House now, and you have a couch? Oh, I'm well. so I've become such a simpleton. Like all my T-shirts are from the Alamo Draft House. <laughs> like a, you know, like it's. I don't mind advertising, especially if they could like slide me some peanut butter banana cookies when they come back. Yeah. I it's been three years. They they reopened this one the year I moved here, and I'm like, when when are they coming back? When are they coming back? And they're like, maybe never. I'm like, don't ever say that to me again. <laughs> Take it back. What is Take this? Take it back. Joe's. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> Why you got to fix it? It's not broke. Right? Right? You want me to believe that y'all went away because of COVID and came back and you can make another cookie? You only have one cookie option because of COVID? I'm not buying that. There's something else going on back there. <laughs> You're eating them. Where's the manager? Um, <laughs> I'm like, the people behind me are talking and where are the cookies? Uh, what? Please, I'm sorry. I just, I just remembered. Like, remember how she stabs her dad? Yes. That was the it's most wild. shocking. I was like, well, Dark Knight of the Soul. Oh, I was like, we're done here. There's no coming back from well, this. It's probably better right. that she dies. I was like, girl, yeah. I was like, girl, at this point, you're fucked. This this demon's got you. But I will say, I liked, I liked the uh, foreshadow of the first dude stabbing his brother. And then her stab, yeah. And, like, I liked how that came back around. I think the stabbing of a family member is the last step for the demon gets full possession. Because if you look at it, as I'm looking at it right now, she's going through the trials to become full demon, and she doesn't know it. She thinks she's fighting it, and the demon's like, I got you right where I want you. Thank you. And so I think that that is the last, and now you're mine. <laughs> and so I don't know if she actually goes to Riley's room or not, which goes to the hospital. Or if she yeah. just goes right down there to go and get hit by a bus. Because, again, we don't know what's real and what's not because she's possessed. Okay, so here's the the fan theory for sequel. You know they say, like, if you die while you're possessed, then it gets your soul forever. So we see her and we see her soul talking to somebody at the end. But what if, like, she gets resuscitated <laughs> and then we, like, jump right back in and then and then maybe it's, like, yeah, then it's like this epilogue or something. It might be better to just start over and be like the 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 other hand is out there somewhere. It'd probably be better to just do a clean slate. But you know, she was laying on the road. Well, I like that we I like that we could I, I like the idea if we could see her as 
the de- like maybe like she's the spirit trying to communicate. Yeah, like maybe maybe Riley or the sister or whatever her name is is now like trying to connect with Mia. Like I could see that happening too. You think Jade would try and get her friend back? No, Riley <laughs> Jade would be though. like, I'm never touching that hand again. Riley's yeah. done. Riley would be though. If he's alive, um, he's not touching the hand again. He will never disobey his mother again. He is going also, to be. Don't you think uh, that he's like still possessed? Like, and will it leave his body now that? Because he was still like hitting his head and stuff. I think he's got a hold on Riley, and he just killed Mia, and he's got a hold on some of the other friends who are still going to keep fucking around and finding out. And so. And we could go through her friends right yeah like nobody burned the hand like the hand is still just like no because they're just like it's still fun i'm like people are dying it's time to put it away like i always say i love bottomless brunch but if mimosas are killing people i'm gonna slow down i'm gonna be like you know <laughs> but, what i'm gonna drink a screwdriver maybe and see if people live what but you know what after this pandemic i will never say this is not believable because like people don't give a fuck People don't oh care. yeah, no. I think I think there's all sorts of people out there in the world, and it's all people have done way dumber stuff than that. It's all justified. Yeah, I'm interested to see what they do with the sequel, though. I think that there's I I'm okay with a whole different story, like a clean slate. But I'm also okay if we tie. I want a tie-in of some kind. Like it doesn't have to be like a full connected tissue thing, but I want something like. I don't know. Because I'm selfish, I want more time with Mia and them. But also, I think for the sequel, it's better to jump into something new and give us a new circumstance. And so we could be like, how are these people going to deal with it? Yeah. Um, the prequel's already filmed. And it's the people up top we met, we're going to see how he gets to stab with his brother. And I had questions. So I'm happy to see that. Um, yeah. like... Well, this pisses me off. I So I'm on IMDb right now. The top cast, the first person is Cole. That's IMDb, yeah. What, the why? white dude that dies. Mia is not until there's one, two, three, four, five, six, six people. Okay, couple people. questions. So how does how does IMDb do this? Like, what's their deal? They they are at random. Like them and Google specifically, because like Google has her number one this time. But I've opened Google and Google's been like, oh yeah, Scream is all these white people. And then on like row three, Jasmine Savoy Brown and Mason Gooding and like <laughs> the other brown people. Like they are the core four is the core four. You know this, right? And it's like no, Courtney Cox and them. And I'm like, I don't. So is even it, remi- is it like, like by order of appearance? Like what is this? Maybe it's no. Cause okay, so before her, you have Cole, Tyson, whoever. I the forgot who that Tyson is. was. Was that one of the brothers up top? I don't know. Peck. There was a Peck. Fiona. Jaden, and then Duckett, who is one of the friends that I think, right? I don't know. Again, we, I, we always see this, and it always makes me angry because, like, oh, he's the boyfriend. Oh, the that boyfriend's the boy. so inconsequential. Like, aside from when the hand was like, she don't like it when you, he don't like it when you touch him. Aside from that juicy tidbit, I didn't care about the boyfriend. Yeah. Jade is even further, like, Riley and Jade are even further than me. Like, it's wild. <laughs> that is weird. It's always sad. Um, But, like, it's also yeah. very telling. Because, again... <laughs> Again, I'm up here like, oh, I'm so happy to finally see a black lead and it's not racial trauma and she gets to be messy and have fun as a teen. And they're like, she will be 20th build in her movie. Good day. <laughs> and I'm like, right. well, 
yeah. All right. Do we have any more notes before we get to hot takes? I just have to say, I another reason I fucking love this movie is because it didn't spoon feed us. It was like, these are the rules of my world. If you're following, you'll get it. If you're not following, you'll figure something out later. Because I feel like a lot of movies, specifically America, <laughs> likes to be like, people aren't going to get it. They're going to ask questions. I don't want let yeah, us as if, as if questions are a bad thing. I'm like, I'm down for a second viewing of this. Right? You know, like yeah. if I missed something. Yeah. I would rather have to watch it two, three more times. It'd be like, I don't have a tension span. I probably fucked yeah. up. Treat me like I'm smart. Listen, as opposed to being like, and here's how demons were invented. And here's what the Bible says about them. And here's what my mom told me about them. And here's what I'm going to do in this movie. I'm like, we start your movie. I want to go home. Spirits. We like, all get it. Listen, we got it. Listen. Right. That's why so many movies are so long. Because it's like, let me tell you every little bit of the world. Also, the curtains are made of silk. I don't care about the curtains. Get me into the story. Kill somebody. Like, <laughs> yeah. I also, yeah, I, agree. I saw this bitch back in January. And she was one of my favorite movies of the year. And here we are in almost September. And she's still one of my favorite movies of the year. Quality. Quality. Yeah. I agree with that. She's in my top Three, I think. She was fighting know. Evil Dead Rise because I saw her first, but I was like, do I like Evil Dead Rise? I think I do because Mom's with the maggots. Um, also, that was a giant ass conglomerate of a monster they had to do during COVID. I heard Lee Cronin discuss that at South by Southwest. I went to South by Southwest my first time, and it oh, happens to be fuck. the year that they had to tell that heckler to get the fuck out. Like, literally. <laughs> they- what? Bruce Campbell in his like blue I'm a Bruce Campbell man suit from the stage like get the fuck out because it's Heckler that stood up after the credits rolled and the interview started and he was like fuck this movie he was clearly dragging away attention and watching the audience turn on him was magical but watching him start to walk out after throwing his food and Bruce Campbell just been like get the fuck out and I was like if Bruce Campbell told me to get the fuck out, I would just go ahead and cease to exist. I would just disappear. I'd run to the fucking floor. I don't ever be doing nothing. And he's like, get the fuck out, ever. Like, <laughs> um, it was a moment. But also getting to see this and having to hear Lee Cronin explain how they filmed this and had to like pause and come back, walk over, it was so real. And they were like, distance, all protection. He's like, we gotta have a three-headed monster. I'm sorry. Y'all gotta touch each other. Um, I'm so sorry. <laughs> get in the group. Like, <laughs> I lived my best life at that festival. <laughs> I mean, that's, I, that sounds like it. Yeah. Cause yeah. I was like, oh no, that's awful. You can't make actors do that when COVID's so fresh, but also that monster looks sick as fuck. So I'm going to say less. Everybody seems happy with you. I don't know anything. <laughs> I love hearing like the behind the scenes stuff. I'd love to know more about talk to me. Yes. Like what, you know, I would definitely like watch a bit about of that if something I'm Something sure now that she's an A24 girl, we will get a giant book that's like $85 and I will probably find the money some way, somehow and hate myself for it. Nah, I definitely want to look at that. Yeah. I'm going to buy this hand. They're finally talking about getting it out there because I've wanted one since January. I know it's going to be $900 and I don't care. I'm going to be like, here's three of my credit cards that make up the first payment. <laughs> when, can we, when can we get it in my home? I want the hand for Halloween. Um. <laughs> so fun so fun. Agreed. that seems like a fun party thing too where like you just you know have a couple people dress up as spirits you can make it a whole thing right that might be my halloween costume i'm gonna dress all in black and just walk around with the hand just be like ha ha what <laughs> all right y'all are we ready for hot takes <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh and natasha what is your hot take 
my gosh. I don't know if any of my takes are hot. You guys go first. You go first. You go first. Okay. Okay. I so we're getting a prequel and a sequel. And even though we don't need any of that, I will be seated because I love this movie and I will go back as a glutton. I will, I, you know, I hate franchises. I'm like, we don't need 18 Freddies, but I'm just like, how many hands? Okay. Okay. And- there. That's my hot take. My hot take is I probably won't watch a sequel. I don't know if I need to. I will just tell you all the things because I'm going to watch that. Show. I'll let you, you can maybe, you can maybe change my mind. I just am not. I don't know if I was like, I felt so satisfied. It's almost like when I went and saw The Descent 2, I was like, I kind of wished I hadn't. Part of the reason I've only seen The Lost Boys is because I, I don't want to see the other sequels because they're not going to be as good. I know this already without seeing them. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I'm, I'm happy for the filmmakers because it's their job and that's awesome. But also, I'd almost rather the, see them do something new again. And that's my hot take now. I, again, part of the reason I, I, I'm kind of anti-franchise is because if you get lucky with a second and or a third, you're running out of steam, especially if you didn't plan it already. Because some people do have a big book and they're like, I got nine movies in this bitch, let's go. But most people are like, I got one, but people want more, so I'm going to find more. And it feels like last minute homework. It's like, this is due tomorrow. Well, oh, shit. <laughs> and that is my hope, since the prequel is already filmed. Like, I trust these filmmakers, so I will come back for what they do. Past that, we'll we'll see where that where that goes. But I am I'm here for the prequel. The sequel, I'll probably watch, but like I don't know that I'll be here for it. If that makes sense. I feel like the prequel because it was already filmed. It's probably deleted scenes, and they're like repurposing, which I think is genius. And if they're lying to me that way, good for them. I don't care if it's good. I don't care how it got there. I just care that it's good. The sequel, we will see. Because again, it is, oh, y'all want more? We can find more, which again, I respect. I I am a writer. If people wanted more and I'd be like, oh, will this buy me a house? Let me go search my soul real quick and I will come back around in a new wig. (laughs) (laughs) I will be like, my art suffered, but I lived my good life. And so I'm not mad at them. I'm celebrating that. But I, the prequel, yes. Sequel, I don't know. But also, 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 we saw what Ty West did, and I don't think anybody, that's not true. I did not need three of those movies. Everybody else seems to want nine of them. Good for them. But I think that if he can do that, why can't our Australian friends do that with something like this? Like, it's the Wild West now. That's fair. So my hot take is, so we all know, those of you that listen to the pod and all of that, Sheree has her obsession and love of Korea. I think I'm going to state right here and now that while I love Korea too, don't get me wrong. I, my love is Australia. Like I want to revisit more Australian horror. I have, I loved this film. I loved the loved ones. Like I need more on this podcast. So we might, you might look out for that in the seasons to come. I've always said a season where we just never do any American movies. I've always said that. (laughs) None, not a one. (laughs) You know, what also might be fun, too, is, like, if you have a fresh start with the hand to see people who are very different and in very different places of their life, you know, like someone like not teens, like something so like somebody who's just so far from the people that we've seen and how they deal with it maybe very differently would be interesting. 
Yeah, because, like, can you imagine if this hand would appear somewhere where people are drinking 2% beer, like Utah, at a horror festival? <laughs> and people are like, you fucking mean this fucking hand. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, no. We got demons at the film fest. Boom. Um, and those are, like, 30-somethings with goals and families. And you're just like, there's more at stake. And people got to behave a certain way in theory, which they never do. Um, <laughs> yeah. Age them up or age them down. <laughs> Can you imagine, yes. like, the stoner granny at the retirement home being like, look what I got. And the old people I getting me my way out anyway. I don't care. Can you imagine the hand in the Golden <laughs> Girls? Blanche's gonna get it. She's the first one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sophia would be last, but also. <laughs> all right. Well, that is our thoughts on Talk To Me. Uh, we all love this movie, so go out. If you haven't seen it already, what are you doing with your life? Um, also, we just the whole movie for you. So I should have watched it first. I don't know why you hit play on this. Like, <laughs> that's your own fault. Honestly, right. even it, even with the spoilers, I'm like, it's well executed. You probably would enjoy yourself still. Yes, exactly, exactly. So, yes, thank you so much for listening. Thank you to uh, wow. blah, 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 blah. Band Thank you to There it is. Thank you to Anatasha for joining us. Yes. And yeah. Yeah. thanks for having me. This was really fun. It was good yes, to see yes, you yes. again. And I told it's you so you'd be my podcast. No, <laughs> I'll see you out in the wild. Sheree possessed you, and now you're in our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you shook her hand, and here we are. That's how it happens. Like, that's why I know what the demon's doing, because I've done it myself. Like, <laughs> um, But, yeah, this is this has been fun. Um, we're going to do some more 23 and Me next week. Trentington has not seen yes, this new movie. Next- I have not. Next week we're recovering Cobweb. So I, I'm excited. She's Teresa said it's a wild time. She's on video on demand because they gave her a limited release and nobody could see her. And I saw her and I'm here for her. I, I'm I'm a stand account. Um yeah. All right. Well, I'm excited. Again, thank you all for listening and thank you to Anatasha. As always, make sure that you stay fierce out there. Bye. <laughs>